our Lord and we say I want a life like that I know I say that I read it in the gospel I'm like I want to be that kind of a guy a guy who all the world changes because I existed that people think differently about each other in the world because I was here I think we should all want to be a hero but the only way the only way for us you and I to be heroes is to be all in because Jesus is all in everyone loves a superhero Just look at the many movies, books, and events that have taken over the world. Pastor Daniel today will remind you that there's been one real superhero, and you can be like him. Jesus was the ultimate superhero, causing the world itself to completely change for eternity. Jesus was all in all, all the time, and he is inviting you to do the same. Use Jesus' life as a model for your own and show the world who the real hero is. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 as he begins his message, Jesus is all in. We all love heroes, don't we? There's not a movie or a story that grips our hearts and lives that don't have somebody in it who is willing to go to extraordinary lengths for something that they care about. You think of the most famous movie, you think of characters like William Wallace, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Princess Leia, Frodo, and Samwise Ganges. You think of Ace Ventura, the pet detective. (laughs) Our hearts love heroes because heroes are willing to sacrifice for a cause that is greater than themselves. How often we're captivated by documentaries. I think of the movie that came out recently, that uh, Zero Dark Thirty, about the dramatization about the the capture of Osama bin Laden and the female protagonist in that movie devoted her whole life to this one thing. And you watch it and you, there's sacrifice involved. It's not pretty. But because a cause is so great, a hero is willing to sacrifice for a great cause. Of course, that plays deeply into our hearts because the greatest hero of all time and why our kids' ministry had Superhero Sunday. Because the greatest hero of all time is, of course, Jesus of Nazareth. He who sacrificed the most, who traveled the farthest to undertake so great a cause as to save all who would believe through his own death and resurrection. Jesus hits top shelf on every hero for all time. But it's not fictitious. He's not Robert Downey Jr. in a music, in a, in a, in a film studio with a, a fake outfit. He's not some Marvel comic. Jesus is the real deal. Jesus at street level. And we look at the life of Jesus, our Lord, and we say, I want a life like that. 
I know I say that, I read it in the gospel. I'm like, I want to be that kind of a guy, a guy who all the world changes because I existed, that people think differently about each other in the world because I was here. I think we should all want to be a hero. But the only way, the only way for us, you and I, to be heroes is to be all in because Jesus is all in. It's the only way. Heroes are not made ambivalently or apathetically. Ambivalence or apathy will not make us heroes. It comes about being all the way in, all the way in. And that's why as, you know, we've been doing this series, Because Jesus is Real, we respond. We're looking at our our new mission and vision as a church. Our mission is simply responding to Jesus, which means Jesus sets the pace. And at every turn of our lives as a church, as individuals, we respond to him. But notice here in our vision, because Jesus is real, we are a family of faith. Notice, fully engaged, transforming our community and our world. We're going to focus on that fully engaged. Because that's the hero clause. That's the hero clause in our vision statement. Because Jesus is real, that's the why, right out in front. Everything we do as a church is because of Jesus. We're called Christians because of Christ, because of Jesus. We wouldn't be a family of faith if it wasn't for Jesus. So because Jesus is real, we're a family of faith. I like that because we were born the first time. All children need families. And those of us who have been born again, we need a spiritual family. And that's what we are here. We don't replace our physical families. We're a blessed addition to our physical families. Our physical families are there to nurture us in our first birth. Our church is there to nurture us in our new birth. And a good church is one who will nurture you and socialize you to honor God and to love people. But this family of faith, we all need to be fully engaged, all of us. Not just a few of us. Just like in a family, if you have an absentee family member, it impacts the family. We live in a culture where you hear things about uh, deadbeat dads, where fathers are not engaged in the life of their children. And the impact that that has, you can read all the psychological and sociological research about when family members pull themselves out of the family, the impact that it has on the children. Well, guess what, brothers and sisters? When you or I pull ourselves out from full engagement, being all in in the family of God, we all suffer. We all suffer. It's not just if a few of us, some people would say, oh, Pastor Daniel, if you pull out, we might be in trouble. Or if Pastor Bill pulled out, we might be in trouble. Sure. But if any one of us pulls out, doesn't engage all the way, we're all in trouble. So as a church, we are seeking full engagement, everybody all in. And we're going to look at that today. So I want you to open up in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 to 16. In Ephesians chapter 4, picking up in verse 7. It says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended 
far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, first and foremost from these verses, specifically verses 7 to 10, we learn that we should be all in like Jesus. We should be all in like Jesus. Look at what it says in verse 7, 8, 9, and 10. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended. What does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. These verses might strike you as strange, but what you realize is that these verses are about the reality of the finished work of Jesus. That's what these verses are about. That each one of us has received a measure of Christ's gift. Why? Because he descended into the lower parts of the earth and he also ascended above all the heavens that he might fill all things. This speaks about Jesus's perfect life, his death on a cross when he was dead and buried in the tomb. The Bible says he went down into the lower parts to Sheol, the place of the dead, and he proclaimed the gospel and he set those free who had died with messianic hope. And then after he was done with that, he resurrected from the dead and then he ascended. And now Jesus reigns supreme over all the earth. These verses about Jesus, that Jesus was all in. And because Jesus was all in, Jesus is the gift giver to you and I. See, We go fully engaged. We go pedal to the metal all the way in without any regrets or reservations and no retreats. We go all the way in because Jesus was all the way in. His whole life was lived with a singular focus on glorifying God. There might be no greater example of Jesus being all in than Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion. Listen to Mark chapter 14, verses 32 to 36. It says, Then they came to the place which was named Gethsemane, and which actually Gethsemane, that word means olive press. That's what the literal word means. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him. And he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. 
Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch. He went a little farther. He fell on the ground and he prayed that if if it were possible that this hour may pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Jesus knew that in a few hours he was going to become sin. A sin, a rebellion that God has hated with a perfect hatred for all of eternity. Jesus being fully God understood how pure God's heart was and how much God detested sin. And Jesus knew in a few hours he was going to become that sin and that his father was going to turn his back on Jesus as he judges sin. Jesus was going to experience our hell for us. And he was exceedingly distressed and sorrowful. It said he was even at the point of death. One of the gospel accounts tells that Jesus is sweating drops of blood, that he, it could be that he was having ruptured blood cells with the amount of distress he was under. And he takes his Peter, James, and John and says, listen, you guys got to hang with me because I'm in such grievous distress right now. I want some fellowship. And he bows down his knees and he says, Father, all things are possible for you. If there's any other way, Lord, if, I, if we can get this done without what I'm going to have to experience, let's do it that way, but not what I will, but what you will. And what happens a few hours later? Jesus dies. That's what I call being all in. Being all in is caring about something enough to sacrifice for it. And brothers and sisters, you and I need to be all in the way Jesus is all in. Why? Because we call ourselves by his name. One of the biggest critiques of Christianity in the West is that we don't act a whole lot like Jesus. And you know what? Some of it's a fair critique. I've always believed that you should listen to your critics. Don't mean you should believe everything your critics say about you. But you should be willing to hear the critiques. And what's interesting is we live in a world that wants to see a vibrant expression of the people of God. They want to see it. When they don't see it, they're like, this doesn't look a whole lot like Jesus to me. Now, don't get me wrong. They don't believe in Jesus anyway. But God has given you and I a stewardship to be his hands and feet in a broken world. And the only way we can be that is to be all in, all the way in, fully engaged. I love this. It says in these verses that each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. I want you to remember that. That each one of us, there's been a measure of grace given. Notice in verse 8, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. I just want you to keep a mental note of that. Because as we get a little farther down, this measure of God's grace, this gift that he has given unto you and I, because it says gave gifts to men, we say it a lot, that culture wasn't a gender appellation kind of conscious about it. When it said men, it meant men and women. Each one of us has got a gift. Each one of us has got a measure of God's grace. Now look at what happens next. In verses 11 and 12, 
And he himself, speaking of Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. These verses teach us that we are all called to the work of ministry. We are all called to the work of ministry. And what does all mean, brothers and sisters? Yeah, you guys are deep. It's Sunday morning. All means all. We're all called to the work of ministry. How do I know? In verse 11, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Now, here the Apostle Paul gives certain groups or certain sets of gifts. Apostles, those who were sent out. Prophets, those who speak as God's mouthpiece to call into question the status quo and to enliven a more glorious future. Evangelists, those who have the the gift of gathering, who proclaim the good news. Pastors, those who have the job of guiding and shepherding God's people. Teachers, those who have the gift of grounding people in God's word. God, there's certain unique giftings, offices, not the only giftings, but why did Jesus give these offices so that these guys and gals would do all the work? Is that what it says? So God gave you special five groups of people and they're going to do all the work? That's not what it says. Because verse 12, why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. You see that? So these five skill sets were given to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Who are the saints? And don't say the football team from New Orleans. The saints are not a hall of fame of the greatest of Christian people. Saints are you and I if you put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There's an old saying about an old Southern gal, love the Lord, and she used to say, well, you're either a saint or you ain't. And I think that's true. Because if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, then God sees you as a saint. That word saint, it's the word hagios in the Greek. And it literally means one who is holy. And you and I are holy not by our own works. We're holy by the imputed grace of God. Jesus is holy. And as we believe in him, he robes us in his holiness. And I'm so grateful that I'm not have to stand up and be like, I'm holy because of what I do, because we all know that that's a fool's errand, isn't it? And you're like, yeah, you preach it, Pastor Dana. We know you're a fool, you know. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But listen, in our own, all of us fail in a million ways. All it takes is a shred of self-reflection to realize we all fail in a myriad of ways. But God doesn't hold us down by our failings. He says, look, I'm going to robe you in the righteousness of my son. And I'm going to call you a saint. I'm going to call you a holy one because you have trusted in the holy one. And he's given you his holiness. So God has given these offices, these giftings, to equip all of us for the work of ministry. So what that means is that what goes on on this stage, this is ministry, but it's not the only ministry. Everything that you and I do 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year and 366 in a leap year 
Every single moment is ministry. Ministry literally means service. Service to God and service to the world. Service to God and service to one another. Loving God and loving humanity. Simply responding to Jesus by saying, it's not all about me because it's more blessed to give than receive. We're all called to works of service, to the ministry. And notice, to the edifying of the body of Christ. That word edifying, that's a biblical word. We don't use it anymore. It's building up. That's what it means. It means, you know, if you work out and you're like, I don't know that I know about that. And me neither too much. I've read about working out. I've even watched some videos of people working out. I'm just hoping to get bigger by osmosis. But what I do know is that when you go to the gym, if you were to go to the gym, right, you, you work hard and you actually tear the muscles. That's what you do. And then your body, and if I get this a little bit wrong, give me a little grace. Science was not my strength in school. But your body sends protein to those ripped muscles, and then it goes and it repairs those muscles, and they get bigger and stronger. That's edifying right there. There's a tearing, there's a breaking, and then there's a building up even stronger. Don't miss that. Very biblical. God placed in our bodies what he told us in his word, because when Jesus wants to bless something, what does he do? He blesses it, he breaks it, and then he empowers and gives it out. He created our bodies on the exact same principle. See, when you and I are fully engaged and we do these works of service, we're making the body buff. The body of Christ. Not flabby, not lazy, but lean, mean, Satan-fighting machines. Now, I just want to say, I didn't put that in my notes, but that will preach. (laughs) That will preach. Amen? Now, we're all called to this. Every single one of us, like Jesus, we are all called to be all in all the time. Jesus is... Pastor Daniel reminded you today that there was one superhero that was real, Jesus. He came to the earth and changed people's perspectives forever, offering salvation for everyone who wanted new life. Jesus was all in. He's inviting you to be as well. You now get to choose whether or not you'll follow him fully, abandoning your own desires to do his will. Engage in the work of Jesus. You'll find it's the most rewarding endeavor. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks for joining me on Jesus is Real Radio. I realize that not all of you who listen are followers of Jesus, but I actually believe that there are many of you right now as you've been listening, you're saying, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I want his death and resurrection to be applied to my life. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me, which is just saying thank you to Jesus for saving you. Let's go ahead. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I'm so stoked for you. And I want to get some more resources in your hands to help you continue this journey. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 
And we'll get some resources into your hands. Now, don't go anywhere. Some folks from my team want to share some amazing things with you. Thanks, Daniel. Again, if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel, take out your cell phone and text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400. We'd love to get some resources into your hands, and the Crossroads team wants to connect with you. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel reminds you that God is very serious about sin. He's perfect and therefore can't and won't tolerate anything other than perfection from his creation. You're a flawed individual, though, so that's why Jesus had to come. That's why he had to die for your sins. With the blood of Jesus covering your faults, you're redeemed and ready to meet your Creator. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.